Hello and welcome to Two Broads and a Bottle of Wine. I'm Kelly. And I'm Leslie. Kelly and I have been friends for well over a decade, and it all started when we met in the belly dance community. We've traveled together, danced together, and helped each other through the highs and lows of life. In this season, we're unpacking our experiences around the community in which we met. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and join in the journey. Hey, before we get started, we wanted to note a few things. We are publicly unpacking to help others do the same, see the dirty laundry, and see the process. We are here to uplift women and all people. We are not here to belittle or degrade how someone, specifically another woman, behaved or the choices they have made in the past. Understand we are all at different places of unpacking. So come where you are. We ask you to take the discussion as a casual convo over drinks with a friend. You may not like all you hear and you may become uncomfortable. Just take care of yourself. And if it becomes too much, just stop the podcast and walk away. We're looking to start the conversations, not the fights. And finally, we use some adult language in this podcast. So you might want to use headphones. All right, let's get started. Hello and welcome everyone to episode five. And what are we unpacking today, Leslie? So we're going to be talking about privilege, which will probably lead to intersectionality. What else do we get on to? Tokenism, representation, all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Just a little unpacking sandwich. So, yep. yeah, good times. You want me to start out with the definition of privilege? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk privilege first. So what does it mean? What does it mean? Double What does it mean? Okay, so this is like from the Webster's Dictionary. Okay. Privilege. Special advantage or right possessed by an individual or a group. A privilege is a right or advantage gained by birth, social position, effort, or concession. Effort. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Now, what do you think of that definition? (laughs) Yeah, I think I've had this, I think we were just talking about this, is like privilege has been a conversation I've been having a lot with folks to try and get their heads around it. Mm -hmm. So I think when people think they've got particularly white people they're told you have white privilege they're starting to get first of all antsy because they're being categorized as a group god help us and like that's not happened to anybody else but secondly they're thinking like well i didn't have privilege i mean i had no money and i had a hard life and all this stuff and so Mm -hmm. i think when i try to talk about privilege i talk about it's something you didn't have to think about because of this advantage or privilege that you walked into. Like, so you could be poor and you had to work really hard. You could have had a hard life, but at least you didn't worry about having to, I think your example was get what shot and shot while driving down the street or pulled over continually because your skin color wasn't yeah of a different shade. Yeah. Right? So it, it's not diminishing your work. It's just saying that there's things you also did. You're lucky you didn't have to think about. Yeah. You know, Well, and what I think is interesting about this, you know, Webster's Dictionary definition is the first thing they state is birth. Like, you're born a certain way. So therefore, exactly, you just automatically, you're okay. And you could be born into a rich ass family. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, you know, exactly, exactly. 
a male. You can be born male. There's one. You can be born yep. rich. That's another. Yeah, totally. Totally. Our color of skin. Yeah. Yeah. It's things like gender, race, money, education, class. Like it's all those, you know, wonderful things that we've kind of been conditioned of like, don't talk about those things. Those are rude. I know. I know. I know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's hard for people to grasp onto it. Like it's an uncomfortable thing to say, I have a privilege. Yeah. I don't think you walk around going, oh, I have a privilege. Look at me. That's not what you're supposed to do. Like with a t-shirt on. (laughs) No. But if you know you've got it, if you know you've got it, you react, you may be able to do actions differently, right? Use that privilege to your advantage. Not to your advantage, excuse me, let me rephrase that, to everybody's advantage. Yes. Right? Like, yes. uh, (laughs) I want to rephrase that. Like the example I had just given you before we got started recording, right, was that someone who, I mean, the point of using your privilege is is a power to help everybody become liberated. Yes. So an example of that would be, I'm going to pick out Stacey Abrams, right? Like, yes, she is a woman of color, but, you know, she's educated she's in a position of power she's probably got money so what did she do to the election she like totally freaking owned it and brought people to the to the polls yeah she owned georgia man (laughs) yeah she used her privilege to bring everybody up which is Mm -hmm. that's exactly what you should be doing with it so Mm -hmm. oh exactly well and that brings us to the definition of intersectionality so exactly. And who was that from? No, I'm just kidding. That was from Kimberly Crenshaw. And something I'm going to do in the show notes is I will link her original paper. Uh, and it's from, oh, it's either, I think it's from 1989 or 1991. I mean, that, I mean, intersectionality no. has been with us forever. A long time. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't say forever. (laughs) No, we've coined in 1989. Yes. Okay. So. There you go. Here we go. Thank God Google's here for us. (laughs) So I'm I'm going to give a little quote here. Uh, Intersectionality is a theoretical framework for understanding how aspects of a person's social and political identities combine to create different modes of discrimination and privilege. Examples of these aspects are gender, caste, sex, race, class, sexuality, religion, disability, physical appearance, and even height. Intersectionality identifies advantages and disadvantages that are experienced by people due to a combination of factors. These intersecting and overlapping social identities may be both empowering and oppressing. For example, a black woman might face discrimination from a business that is not distinctly due to her race, because the business does not discriminate against black men, nor distinctly due to her gender, because the business does not discriminate against white women, but due to the combination of those two factors. So there's your intersectionality definition. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Kimberly Crenshaw. And part of the thing with intersectionality, it's really, we have to be careful with right first of all as white people we should never center ourselves on that intersectionality right like of course you know 
that's just kind of the way it goes. And I think you and I were talking about, what did we call it? The uh, oppression Olympics. Yeah, like, the oppression Olympics. <laughs> like, I am more oppressed than you. Like, that's not what it's about. It's there to help you understand kind of how the systems are working against these intersections of situations. Yeah. So, well, and I think it's important too when we're talking about privilege, like sit and look and see where your privilege is and then look at the intersectionality because I'm going to say it really poorly, but you have to look at like all of the intersections and be like, okay, who has the most intersections on the Venn diagram? We have to, you know, we have to liberate everyone. Can't just be like, well, I'm this. So I blah, 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 blah. I mean, you can... I mean, part of that is like, if you have an intersection, like if you're fat, right, you're going to probably understand that situation and and help to be able to bring liberation to that piece of it. Mm -hmm. But really what you're trying to do while you're doing that is really liberate everybody, right? So you try to bring it. Yeah. So it's working. It's a weird dynamic, right? Of like working within what you know and can do, but also trying to bring everybody, not trying bringing everybody along with it. Yeah. So. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. And then we were kind of talking about how does that fit into belly dance, right? Like it's just, and I know there's not even, (laughs) I mean, there's just a lot in there to unpack inside belly dance and how do we use that? But I think it led to our next conversation around representation, right? Versus tokenism. Yeah. Representation versus tokenism. So I have more (laughs) definitions. Yeah, this one's going to be a really definition heavy one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, it, everyone. I no, I, I got what needs to do. Yeah. yeah, I got very like, oh, we have to define everything. So yeah, um, it's true. It'll help. That's really what people need to do. Again, here's your here's your Webster's dictionary. Yeah, uh, representation: the act or fact of one person standing for another, so as to have uh-huh. the rights and obligation of the person represented. Yep. Versus. Versus. Okay. Hold on. Token. I'm sorry, I have to scroll. Tokenism. And this is a very, this is a very simple definition. The policy or practice of making only a symbolic effort. Right. So check yeah. that box. Check that box. Yeah. We got a this one. We got a that one. We got another one. We got a. Which, didn't that happen a lot? Like right after George, George Floyd thing and everybody was trying to become hip with their, with, you know, trying to be on the bandwagon with everybody. Right. It was like, well, yeah. now I'm going to put black people on my, my posters. And I was like, well, that's a checkbox. That's not representation. Right. Like, so we. I know in the yoga community, that became a really big thing. I was saying like, not just checking the box, but actually having people, like if there's an event, there's representation of all aspects, yeah. ability, you know, size, color, mm-hmm. race. Well, and the difference between, the difference between tokenism and representation is that tokenism is just like, this is about me trying to look good. And then representation is like, I deeply value having other voices. I was just going to say, I think it has to go to the voices, right? Because tokenism, you're not really caring that 
their experience and their voice is actually heard, right? I mean, that's the yeah. thing where the representation is. You're letting their experience come to the forefront and be there for people to to listen and maybe associate with, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, and that's and that's a way you can use your privilege, yes, to exactly. liberate everyone. Exactly. I mean, part of that is stepping back and letting the voices come forward, right? It doesn't have to be you leading yeah. the brigade. I mean, that's the whole, that white savior complex. White people are going to save everybody. It's like, nope. Nope. You know, step back and let let the people who know what they need to do, do. Or as I like to say, go to the back of the room, sit down and shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know. And it's hard because you do want to help and you do want to make it better. So that's where the unpacking comes, right? It's like, what am I, what have I done in the past that really was just maybe tokenism or maybe you try to be, you know, how have you actually tried to pull that through? Mm Because you may have thought, you may have a good intention, but you actually may not have executed at all. So that's kind of a nice exercise to kind of go through. Yeah. In the sense of uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) being uncomfortable this is great so (laughs) well I mean we've spent we've spent episodes getting further and further and further into the weeds yeah Yeah, totally totally and you know we're we're approaching that epicenter (laughs) of totally of big time discomfort (laughs) agreed agreed and it's hard like you and I were talking stories right like I mean I Mm -hmm look back, like during my unpacking, I look back to my story of like back in 2011, I took like two years off of dance. And it was because I realized there was so many factors in that. But one of them, when I really look back was that I was too busy, like trying to deal with how I was oppressed, like me of all people, like I was oppressed. That's the funny part. But it's like, I felt that I was right in some Mm -hmm. capacity. And so I, I realized that that's just so silly now, right? Like looking back, it's like, that's not helping anything. Like, how could I help other people? And there were times I think I tried. So I think it's, it's interesting to unpack that and just sit back. And instead of looking at the times where we'd sit in the corner and complain about like, oh, I'm too old. Oh, I'm too bad. If I only had a man who could have a job for me. Well, there's a statement I always love to hear myself say. If yeah. I only had a man, eek. But um, <laughs> taking care of me. But it's just because you don't, I mean, that's kind of what you have to go through and you have to hear that conversation in your voice going, okay, Leslie, that's a really dumb statement. Like even hearing myself say that, I know I've said that. I only had a guy that could provide for me. Really? If you know me, that is like the last place I probably ever want to be. Like it's yeah. like what I would think it in my head. So it's like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. Years of listening to my mother, you know? Ooh, now I need to go see that shrink and talk that one through. So it's, I think it's just a great exercise to go through about, you know, when you're kind of getting catty in the corner, what's going on? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I think I've been thinking about a lot of stuff since we had our Uh pre-show chat. Uh And one of the things that I think about, like when, when there's the ugly feelings, yeah. <laughs> when there's the lack of gratitude for what I have. Exactly. When there's just that stuff, you know, one of the things that 
I try to address within myself is what am I really afraid of? Exactly. Exactly. And where's it coming from? What am I afraid of? And who's put that fear in my head? Like, where did that come from? Ah, well, I mean, think about it. I'm afraid I won't be relevant. Yep. I'm afraid I'm too old. I'm afraid I'm too fat. Who And who tells you you have to be all those things? Who tells you you can't be fat, old, and irrelevant? Let's let's own irrelevancy, yeah. right? I want to be irrelevant. Like, that's kind of funny. And it's, yeah. you know, who's told us that? Hmm, let's see. Probably who we're going to talk about in our next episode. But it's like society's telling us that bullshit. And we've somehow bought it because we're hearing it all the time, right? And, yeah. and we get into that cycle and capitalism tells us that, right? Like, yeah. Well, and, you know, ego keeps us alive. Oh, I know. But ego is sometimes a monster that can't be satisfied. Right. Well, and that is what capitalism does, right? It doesn't want you to ever be satisfied. Do you remember the phase when everybody was posting articles about how how unhappy they were and how to get happy? And I kind of laugh now when I look back at it because Mm -hmm. we're all going through it. And if all of us had just sat down and went, well, screw you. Like I am happy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that overall it's just, it's really crazy. So. Yeah. I love that meme that was going around for a while and it was like unpopular opinion, you know, maybe not being a success, maybe just wandering around looking at cool stuff. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. I know. I know. Exactly. You want to be my cat, Basil. He is like the deepest thinker. His favorite thing is to sit and look into a fire. Is he happy? Damn straight he's happy. Like, do you know why? Because society isn't telling my cat that he's too fat and that he needs to, you know, catch some mice. He doesn't care. You know, it's like we can learn a lot from our pets. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, totally. Totally. (laughs) So, I mean, it's tough. I mean, belly dance is one of those, A, it's an art, right? So it's performing. It's getting in front of people. So so the audience kind of tells you who they want to see. But I think pushing through and getting on there and being a representation, right, of mm-hmm. allowing that representation to be there kind of opens people's minds. Like it's, you know, it's it's interesting. From my experience, I've had many times getting off stage with shows and they'll be like, you know, God, I was it was really cool to see the representation. Now it gets a really weird, right? But it's always nice to kind of get that feedback. Like they're actually, I've had started, you start getting comments about things that, it had nothing to do with your size or your age or your, you know, whatever, your weight. That's mm-hmm. not what it is. And so, like, how do we give every how do we give everybody voice and bring that forward? I mean, I think the more representation you have, the more those conversations don't happen. Like, oh, you know, you're the one, the one black dancer in the group. It's like, let's have more voices of that because then it doesn't turn into be like, oh, there's that one person again, you know? And it's we've just got to open it up and get get more people involved and excited and feeling like they can be there get their get them on the stage right yeah go, go Kamala Harris right yeah exactly I think we just need to get that you know get more people being seen and how do you do that and how do you you know and think through about how even if you're feeling you know ungrateful or oppressed I'm sh- you're you're not alone so it's <laughs> forward with us. Well, and also too, there's the okay. Well, 
you know, I agree, but where is everybody? They're out there. Go find them. Well, they are out there. Yeah, they are. Yep. They you totally know, are. and also too with with the representation piece. It was what an episode or so ago where we were yeah. talking about like, wouldn't it just be great if that was just, you know, it was just normal. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, and that's, that's how well, you do that. That's right. When we normalize all the people, which is what we talked about, I think that was the body positivity one, right? When you normalize everything, mm-hmm. right? Normal to see the diversity. Wow. It's so different. You know, it. you don't notice it. I mean, I could tell stories of like, anyways yeah it's good stuff it's 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 all intertwined but yeah it's a lot to unpack it's a lot to sit with yeah and I think if you're the kind of person where you're sitting with it and you're trying to figure it out just do that yeah exactly I don't feel guilty because guilt will get nobody anywhere I'm just saying, like, it's a hard one to sit with, but don't get guilty. It won't. And don't cry about it. And don't feel like, I mean, okay, maybe you want to cry about it. I won't tell anybody not to cry, but like, move forward with that. Like, take that feeling and move forward because otherwise you're just going to stew and it's not going to help anybody. Like, you've got to be, it's going to lead to your, I know what your next topic is. You've got to take care of yourself because we need your power and energy for the fight. Yes. Great segue. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. I worked on that one while we were not kidding. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, because I mean, I've had this happen with with other friends of mine yeah. where it's been like the, oh, my God, there's so much going on. I'm yeah. trying oh, well. to learn and do all the things and, yeah. you know, and I'm not doing enough and whatever and it's just kind of like okay right you have three kids right are you bringing your kids up right yeah that's definitely that's a lot of work right there let's just do that you know are you having Uh, those difficult conversations yes we are great right you know Right. right you don't have to read you don't have to read every book and all of that or you know go to every march or whatever there, there's, the, you know, you have a certain amount of bandwidth. Right. And, right. you know, what you can do is what you can do. And I'm going to give another definition. I was going to say, can I add one thing for your definition? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Sorry. It's also to like, don't feel guilty if you come to it. When you get to it, you get to it. That sounds really Thank bad. You. But like, I when we started this podcast, right, one of the things I had talked to you about again, we'll talk our story, like, was, my God, I spent so many years not really paying attention to all this stuff because I was, let's see, you know, working 80 hours a week, trying to do dance, Mm -hmm. had three kids, had a family that, you know, a house to take it. Like I had too many other things. And so, but was I doing something? I was, because I worked on my kids, right? I Mm -hmm. listened to them talk and they seem like they've progressed. So that's good. You know, so you can't like worry about when you get there, you'll get there. And do what you can. So, yeah, exactly. Anyways. All exactly. right, your definition, my dear. Okay, yeah. the definition. The definition is for radical self-care. Yep. Okay, radical self-care is the assertion 
that you have the responsibility to take care of yourself first before attempting to take care of others. It's necessary to fill your cup first, then to give to others from the overflow. This is what gives you the capacity to heal and to move forward into your next chapter of life. Okay, so as a therapist, (laughs) I gave this analogy to, I, I believe, the majority of my clients, especially when I was working with family and parents. And especially moms. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I would give them the example of, have you ever been on a plane? And they say, in the event of loss of cabin pressure, please put your oxygen mask on before you assist others. The reason they tell you this is because (laughs) if you don't have oxygen flowing, you're going to die and then you can't help anybody else. Exactly. So you're kind of useless. Yeah. So make sure you put on your mask first before you start helping others. Yep. Because if you're trying to help others and you are completely depleted, the only thing you're going to end up doing is one, harming yourself and then potentially harming others. And we always need to be asking the question, is what I'm doing causing harm? Yep, exactly. You know, no, it's totally true. And yet it sounds so selfish at the same time. Like, it's funny you used, you brought in the radical self-love because that was the one and only let's, I shouldn't say that as only one and only, but recently when I did that September, uh, social media challenge, cause you know how I love social media challenges. Oh yeah. You, you love them so much. Not, um, was because (laughs) it was around, I'd done a lot of reading around taking care of yourself and, ra- and that is a radical act, you know? And that was the whole point of that. It was radical self-love was the tag for that whole month. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm doing this because I need to make myself do this. And that's how I got there. Like it's, uh, you have to force yourself sometimes because yeah. everybody else comes first, it seems. So yeah. it's just silly, silly, well- silly. And, you know, women kind of have that expectation. We have an expectation, yeah, because society has told us we're not worthy. We're not at the top of the list. Well, and you're to take care of others. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. Your sole purpose is to serve others. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's why your jobs can be teachers or nurses. Nurses. Yeah. No offense to teachers and nurses. That's a really tough job. And as like a job, neither of those I could do. I have no time, no patience for that. But I wanted to be a teacher, but then I became a counselor. But I guess I'm a, I was a dance teacher. So I kind of got it. Yeah. Yeah. And in my job, actually, now I do a bit of teaching. So I do a lot. My whole job is coaching and mentoring. And it's funny is I always get this from the people who don't know me really well, like, oh, you're so patient. I'm like, mm, you should know me on the real side. This is really hard for me. But yes, I mean, as women, we're expected to do that all the time. And, yeah. I, and I'm glad to see like more, you know, diversity in nursing and teaching. Here, we're going to digress. But anyways, yes, radical self-love. Do yeah. It. Yeah. It radical, radical self-care. Take, you yes. got to take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else. Yeah. And, you know, as 
you know, as we try to really address these issues, these these huge overarching systemic issues, yeah. you know, we've got to be at our, we got to be at our best selves. And, and we've also got to, we've also got to, to be realistic about, you know, our, what our capacity is. Yep, exactly. So I, I think it's really interesting too. I was going to add as, as a person who's had children, right? I mm-hmm. think it's really important to move mothers. I mean, women in general get it. Mothers yeah. get even more, right? Yes. Because of how society is. And I think the best thing you can teach your kids is you taking care of you. So though how selfish your mother-in-law may think you're being by shutting the children in the room and letting maybe their son babysit. God, don't even get me going. But um, <laughs> it, it's not babysitting when it's your own kid. But there's nothing wrong. Like you're teaching your kids that that's important. So again, if you want to do something and you can't to what you're talking about, like I'm too busy, I can't, how can I help? I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. Like even taking care of yourself and teaching your kids how to take care of themselves is going to let them be primed for the fights, for the battles they need to do, for the social justice they need to work through, work yeah. with or through or for. So. Well, and also too, kids seeing a parent do that, yeah. it teaches kids how to set appropriate boundaries and healthy exactly. boundaries. Exactly. Exactly. So it's something we need to kind of allow. And it's also fighting the system, right? It's going completely topsy-turvy to what capitalism, dominant culture, and patriarchy wants you to do. Yeah, exactly. You want to kick it in the ass? Start taking care of you because that is totally against what they want. Your value is not as a, your value in capitalism is as individual, but how much you produce. So stop producing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or produce yourself and prime yourself to be really powerful. So Mm -hmm. yes, very good stuff. So yeah, and a lot to sit with. So let's recap. Maybe (laughs) maybe that'll help. So sure, let's do it. Started. Hold on. (laughs) Strap in. Here we go. We started with privilege, right? We started with privilege and defining privilege. Yep. And then looking at intersectionality. Yep. So you know really sitting with yourself and seeing where your privileges at. Yeah. Yeah. And how I would even say, how are you using your, your privilege to not just liberate yourself, but liberate everybody. Correct. And not oppress. And not oppress. Yeah. Because while you're asking the question, where's my privilege at? You know, you also got to think, you know, am I oppressing anyone? Yep. Yep. You know, because, and let's face it, like, I I mean, sometimes in the belly dance community, like this happens a lot (laughs) where like someone will do a performance. Yep. And their intent wasn't evil, but their impact was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, yeah, your intent, you can go in without a bad intention and still cause some harm and you just need to step back and assess it. But yes, yes. good times. And then we talk representation and tokenism. So like, 
you know, if you are an event person or maybe you run a studio or maybe you, and it's hard, like, <laughs> like, how do you do it if you're an only sole person doing something? Yeah, okay, maybe not. But maybe when you have an event, maybe you need to kind of reach out and find, they're, as you said, they're out there. Just find some people's voices to help give depth to the, to the picture, to the. Yeah, and value those voices. Oh, totally. Yeah. And that's the other thing too we didn't talk about is and listen to those voices. Don't talk for those voices. I think that's something that you and I are trying to be careful about. Like here we are doing a podcast as two white women talking about this, but we're trying to say like, stop and listen. I think yeah, um, that's important to do too, is just listen to the other voices and not mm-hmm. judge and try to save for them. Well, and also too, the, one of the, one of the premises intentions behind this podcast was the yeah. showing of like, Hey, white people yeah. need to be having these conversations with other white people. Yeah. And, right. Right. and, and I think, we're yeah. kind of modeling, if you will, while yeah. working at the same time. Exactly. exactly. I mean, I think that's the hard balance. Just I'll admit this um, is that you don't want to do performative nope. stuff, um, but you need to do some work. But how do you make sure you're not being silent while still not being performed? Like it's this weird balancing act I get mm-hmm. between not being the wall of silence and being performative, but there's a lot of space in between there. So that's, you don't have to show off like, Hey, look, I took this class or Hey, cool. I read this book, or maybe you can, maybe you can share the book saying, you know, inviting other people to do it, but it's not about look how good I am. Look at me. I'm checking off my boxes. I'm becoming more and more anti-racist because every book I read, I get to put a check on the box. Right. So I think. I got my good person card. Exactly. Exactly. It's not about getting a card and you're going to, I think that's the interesting thing too, to think through is that this is a a gradient, just like we talk about. It's not a very binary situation, right? Like you've got it. You're going to fall some days a little left of one side to the, then right on the other. And that's okay. Like you've got to, just keep working through it day well, by day. Ibram X. Kendi in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, says yep. one second you'll yeah. be racist. Exactly. The next yep. second you'll be anti-racist. Like yep. exactly. these two things can exist at the same time. Exactly. exactly. The duality. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and he and I, I got it. I mean, he doesn't let anybody off the hook. No, no, no. So. <laughs> I mean, if you if you haven't read his book yet, I recommend it. That's a good book. So no good person badges. We don't have to worry about good person badges. I mean, you want to be a good person. I get it, right? That's what we're raised to be as good people. But you've got to work on yourself, I think. And just yeah. know well, your own work. There's no participation trophy in this. It's no. really just like, just be, you know, just be a good person for the betterment of humanity. Exactly. And the work is never done. I think that's the other thing is you really can't check the box or get your merit badge because yeah. it's probably done. Like you're going to turn around and find something else. Like there's going to always be this, this thing we have to work through. And yeah. And that comes back to take care of yourself so that you can continue doing the work. Like the more you take care of yourself, like think about it this way. If you could take all the time that you spend hating yourself about mm-hmm. being too old, being too fat, being too skinny, being too young, not having money. And not worry about that stuff and took care of yourself. All of that energy, financial or physical energy, 
could be channeled into something so much more powerful, right? I mean, that's yes. the big thing. So that radical care and love for yourself is really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then extending um, that to other people. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's, I mean, that's an, an easy first step is like sit with yourself, unpack and take care of yourself so that you can help take, you know, bring stuff forward, change the system. Yeah. And you know what? We, I, I said this in a previous episode, you're going to fuck up. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure. sure in an episode I've fucked up already. Oh, I already know. Yeah. Meet yourself where you're at and yeah. go. Yeah. I fucked up yeah. and yeah. now I know better. Yeah. And now I move forward. Exactly. Cause because again, you, yeah, sorry, go ahead. You can't, you can't know everything all at once. No, you can't. And you can only have your intention. Again, we talked about this already. Your intention could be good, but you may have caused harm and until you know that, or maybe even when you hear it yourself, you're like, wow, I've learned so much more since two weeks ago when I recorded this. Right. Yeah. Like you can't know everything. You are only human. And so. Yeah. Well, yeah. as I mean, I don't know if you've had this experience, but as we've been going forward uh, with this, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. And that's like and like reflecting back on experiences yeah. and being like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> or things you've said in the podcast, like, ah, uh, I'm kind of, you know, listening uh, when to listen to them. I'm kind of a little nervous, like, oh, shit. I hope I didn't come across this way because. That's not what I intended. And now that I know this, like, so it's constantly changing. You're in flux all the time. Yeah. You're constantly you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when people complain about terms, like, oh, so now we're not using that term anymore. We're using this term. Like, yeah, life moves pretty fast with the internet. Like, just, okay. Just Change happens. Yep. Totally. Totally. So, yeah. So in this, let's end this podcast with, we're apologizing for anything that we've learned now that we didn't know two weeks ago when we did the previous podcast or even two weeks before that. But or even, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So y- do we think we've covered everything? I think so. We talked, we backtracked, right? So we let's do it again since we kind of digressed all over the place. We talked privilege and intersectionality, right? Yep. And what to do there. We talked about representation and tokenism and what to baby do and not do there. We even talked about radical self-care. self-care. Yeah, I think we got all the box checked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that you had found a really lovely quote to yeah. end this episode yep. on. So, All right. So we're going to talk about Mel Robbins, who is, this quote comes from Mel Robbins, who's a... Um, self-help guru kind of person. And I came across her through a friend of mine named Lee Wilcox, old partner of mine in crying. Um, and Mel posted this recently on Instagram and I really liked it and I shared it. And the line is this. So stop living life like it's a race. You're supposed to win. Life isn't a race. It can't be because a race requires everyone to run on the same course. You're on your own path when you're where you're headed, what route you take, and when you get there is unique to you and only you. No one is winning. No one is ahead. Being behind doesn't exist because no one is going in the same direction that you're meant to go. So I found that kind of deep. You know, I mean, I think it goes to we've got, be mindful about pulling everybody up. Mm-hmm. The path on how to do that is going to be unique to you, right? So you be you. Yeah. Help everybody else along the way. So. Exactly. 
Yeah. So that's it. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that this episode is complete and we've got one more episode to go. Yes. And that's unpacking a big bag. All right. Well, with that, we'll see you next episode, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and subscribe. For more information, please go to our website at the number two broads and a bottle of wine.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at the number two broads and a bottle of wine, all one word. Or you can contact us at our email. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at the number two broads and bottle of wine at gmail.com. Until next time, take care.